Shalom, Shalom. How many of you know me? Wow, everyone, huh? praise the Lord. My family is here. All the home support is here. Well, welcome to the church. I thank uh, your senior pastors for giving me this opportunity to speak again at this wonderful church. You know, when I walked in here today, I sense a spirit of heaviness. I sense uncertainty. I sense just many of you are just probably going through a situation or maybe situations. But you know, as I was uh, waiting on the Lord up to this morning, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what's the word for you, for your church this morning? And uh, nothing, nothing came, all quiet. I was actually quite panicking. I say it's going to be 1.30 soon and I still haven't got a word. But you know, I believe in eating fresh bread. I believe that the word of God must be fresh. It must be fresh for every hour. You know, you don't want to eat stale bread. How many of you like to eat fresh bread? I think every one of us, right? When it's warm and it's hot, just out of the oven, you slice the bread and you put a, a nice slab of butter on it. Wow. Just that is already delicious. So, we are not going to have a stale word. I believe that the word today is fresh. It's from the Lord for each and every one of us. Irregardless of how you feel, what you are going through, what's happening in your life, all the uncertainties, I believe the Lord has an answer for every one of us, including me. Let us pray. Father Lord, we thank you, worship you, we give you all the glory and honor this day. You know, Father, the beginning and the end of every one of us that is in this room. You know the beginning and end of this whole earth. Even the elections, the outcome that is coming. Father, everything under the sun is in your hands. And for that reason, we rejoice. Because everything is under the control of you, Heavenly Father. And therefore, we shall not be anxious for nothing, but we just trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name today, let your words settle on good ground. Every one of them here who are looking for an answer shall receive it through the word today. Father, I call it off. I call it forth in faith for each and every life that is here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I'm a businessman, and I love the Lord. I'm involved in businesses. Uh, I've got a few companies from all different angles of business, from medical to financial to oil and gas and, and uh, to consulting, including to food business. I believe that today, Everyone, including the non-Christians, are searching for the truth. Everyone. You know, things are getting a little bit more crazy in our day and age. I'm, I'm sure we all know now about this horrible thing that happened in New Zealand. It's terrible. I never believed in my, in my life that I would witness something like that. So horrendous. But... This is the age that we are in. It's not going to change. 
the Bible says that it will get darker and darker still. But the church will rejoice. That is the word of the Lord. You know, today I was asking the Lord, Lord, where shall I start in using the scripture? And, and my Bible, it just fell into Ecclesiastes 3. Can you help me flesh it up? The famous first two, three verses of King Solomon, when he understood what it was to live under the sun like everybody else, except the fact that he asked for wisdom and God honoured him and gave him wisdom. And therefore Solomon says uh, in Ecclesiastes 3, says there's a time for everything. Can we have it on the screen? The Bible verses of Ecclesiastes 3, thank you. There is a time for everything, a time to live, a time to die, a time to be happy, a time to be sad. So Solomon understood what is time. So he says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So time, the Lord has given us time for what? So that we understand what is time and we understand what is the purpose behind the time that we are in. I don't believe I'm called to stand here even today to just say hello and just fulfill a purpose to just give you a message. I believe that the Lord has a purpose and a purposeful message for each and every one of us. Those who came for the very first time today, welcome. I believe that you are not here simply because you have no, nothing else to do. I believe you came because there is an attraction. Something drew you to this church. Because the Spirit of God is active in our lives all the time. So as we understand that there is a purpose and a season in every part of our life, whether you are 16 or you are 61, there is a purpose. Are we fulfilling it? That should be our question. If you can help me go back to Ecclesiastes 2, the last verse in Ecclesiastes 2, this morning it stood up to me and, and I'm going to speak based on this very verse. It says in, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work, gathering, and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. That also is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is the purpose of this message, this verse? This verse specifically states, Solomon say, to the guy or lady or man who obeys God, who loves the Lord, all right? What do you get? You get all the things that the earth, earthly people, the unbelievers, they work and they toil for what? To give you the good. This is not my word. This is what God says. So when you understand that, wow, I only need to be good, to obey, to understand in different verses of the different types of Bible, KIV, NIV, and uh, 
King James, they all have different words. But basically, to the one that loves the Lord or the one that honors the Lord, the one that do good, basically, you will get. You know, a lot of us don't understand what is to do good, to be obedient. We think that, oh, we have to pray three times a day. We have to fast once a month. We have to go according to what the church requires us to do. And we shall get because we are righteous. Believe me, you are righteous where you are. Do you know that? Do you know that you are the righteousness of Jesus? The Word of God says you don't have to do anything. Jesus did everything. If we can understand that Jesus did everything, even things that we don't know what to do, how to do, He has done it for us. He has done it, not He will do it. He has done it for us. When we realize that we are so blessed, we just sit down, we just wait, and the Lord has done everything even way before we were born. He has already done it for us. All the good is for us. Isn't it a shocker? They say, then Lord, why am I getting all the bad deals? Why am I suffering? Why am I uncertain? Because you must understand who is your God. The first principle of understanding who is your God is to know that He has done everything for you. Some people still trying to strive, trying to do, trying to be good. It all becomes a ritual. Sadly, it becomes a ritual. A ritual of going to church, a ritual of doing everything that is according to what the system of the church says so. Actually, what does the Bible say about honouring God? There is a verse that I remember the Bible says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For without faith, it is impossible, impossible, cannot be possible to please God. That is the only verse in the Bible that clearly states the way to please God. Only by faith you can please God. If you've got no faith, hello. You can do all the rituals. You can be the best guy. You're still not pleasing God. Am I speaking to somebody here? Are you catching it? For without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what is faith? Faith is definitely not doing everything the same way you do it. I got to follow this way. I got to follow this way. No matter how, I got to follow this way. Hello. That's not faith. Because faith is just trusting the Lord. That is faith. What do you mean by trusting the Lord? Trusting the Lord. Trusting in Him that everything that you are going through have a solution. That you are in the God's perfect time as what the Bible says. There is a time for everything and now is the perfect time. If you can understand that now is the perfect time, hello, you are reigning. You are not following. You become the king, the head. Many of us are looking, searching, oh, how to trust the Lord. You know, I will tell you, when I was a pastor, my wife is here, we were pastors, we served. 
a church in Mexico City. The Lord called us to Mexico City back in 19... The Lord called me to Mexico in 1993. I I'm a Chinaman. Look at me. 100% Chinese. Right? Sometimes I put my eyes a bit like that. More Chinese. I'm a Chinese. What am I doing in Mexico? I went to U.S. to study about theology, to understand what is the Bible. I thought, okay, la, from Singapore, I go back to Singapore after getting my degree in theology. I should be going back to serve in my father's church. Ah. My father was the, the late Reverend Andrew Ong Han Siang, who was also the, at that time the General Secretary to the Bible Society of Singapore, Malaysia, Brunei. And he started Zion Gospel Mission, three churches in Singapore. I was thinking, wow, now I have a degree, I'll go back and I'll serve in the church. But you know what? God always have a different plan. Don't be surprised because when you end up where you end up, it's not, not because of your smarts. It's not because of your ability. You end up because God paved a way for you. God made a way for you. Some of the way go through very, very tight corners, very tight situation, but that's the way God has you. You know, when you are troubled, when you are tested, don't give up because the testing is just aligning you to the way of the Lord. Many of us think, ah, oh, da, kena here, kena there. Cannot tahan already. Want to give up. Even want to throw away the church. Want to walk away from your family. Look, every uncertainty is the way of the Lord aligning you back into His system. His way for you is perfect. I don't believe God will bring you through a fire and He will not shield you. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they went through the fire. Why? Because they trust in the Lord. They're supposed to kneel down and pray to the king. They say, no. Off they go. And then the king went into the area where they were supposed to be thrown into the furnace. And what did the king say? How come we threw three guys, but there is a fourth guy? Because the Lord is with you. I don't care what situation you are in, what debt you are facing, what financial calamity is coming over your company, what marriage is breaking down, what relationship is breaking down between father, son, daughter, mother. I don't care. I know that the situations that you are in, God is with you. He may not be the one to say, hey, I'm the one that put you here. No. Many of times, we put ourselves in this situation. Believe me. We put ourselves in this same tight situations. But yet, we have a God that is so faithful, He's there with us, standing in the midst of our problem, in the midst of our fire. I can share with you so many testimonies the Lord has shown me and my wife. <clears throat> when I was pastoring. Abel, uh, can you pass me my ice water, please? Thank you. That's my youngest son, Abel, the tallest in the home. Thank you, Sudan. When I was going to Mexico, <clears throat> the Lord sent me down from Dallas, Texas. Back in 19, 
93, I went out to Mexico and said, wow, what a big city. At that time, Mexico City had already had about 17 and a half million people. All right, about 12 million cars on the street. Everywhere is traffic jam. How many people we have in Jakarta now? What, 10 million? 20 million. Wow, still lose Mexico now. Mexico is 25, 26 million. It's crazy. I was in Jakarta just last week. I went there for a meeting. I thought I could go in the morning and come back in the night. Tabulela. I had to stay a night and come back the next day. You know, with no clothes whatsoever because, you know, when you go on a day trip, you don't carry your luggage. But we just happened to have to stay back. So we stayed back and we made the best of it. And I, I went to Mexico City and said, man, these people are so nice, but I don't speak their language. I don't understand what is Espanol. I don't understand their culture. You know, in Mexico, when, when the guy, when you go for business, and the big boss invites you to his office, you think that you got a deal, right? To do business with him. You're wrong. He invites you to his office just to show you who he is. That's all. To show you his power. And you most likely will never get any business from him. But if the same guy tells you, hey, man, let's go for lunch. Let's go for dinner. Let's do breakfast. Ah, when it's breakfast, it's the best. Because that's when they want to know you better. Then after a few weeks, after a few breakfasts, he will say, come, vamos a mi casa para carne asada. Let's come to my house for some barbacoa, barbecue. Then you know. You're on the right track for business. So when, when we Chinese people from Singapore, we go there, we we're looking for all the business in the wrong places. Because the Mexican will only do business only when they know you. If they do not know you, good luck. They don't care how big your company is, how much money you make. They are not interested in that. So it was a big culture shock. So I went to Mexico, I said, Lord, I really like this place, but I do not speak the language. I do not understand the mindset of the people here. It's a totally different type of people than a Singaporean or a Malaysian or Indonesian. I was full of uncertainty, but the Lord was with me. You know, I went there by faith. We stood, no money. I sold my business in Dallas. Praise the Lord, I managed to sell it for $125,000, a car rebuilding shop. I sold everything. I took the money. I went down to Mexico. And I thought, wow, 17 million people, three meals a day. Man, big potential. So I set up my first restaurant. It's called Sate Singapore. We did all the Singapore style, nasi lemak, chicken rice, satay, whatever. So I can cook, by the way. And, but I'm not allowed to do any food business now, my wife's order. No more food business because it's a very tiring business. So we started a very nice, elegant restaurant in a very, very nice place. Very big. The restaurant is probably three times the size of this hall. <clears throat> so I thought, obvious one. So many millions of people, three meals a day, sure got business. Huh? Sala. Nobody. And then my own stuff starts to steal from me. 
you know, the beef and all this, they wrap up in paper, they throw into the rubbish. At the end of the night, they bring, push the rubbish out. They throw into the rubbish. When they finish their work, they come back, they pick up the beef, piece of beef. <clears throat> so, Kana left and right. La. Lost a lot of money. Had to close. No business. So sometimes we ask ourselves, Lord, I thought you sent me down here. I thought you told me to do this, do that. Wrong. But you know what the Lord says? He never tells you it's right or it's wrong. My experience is always, whether it's a right investment or wrong investment, whether I lost millions or I lost pennies or I made thousands and millions, I, never, I always get this answer from him. He never says yes, right or wrong. He always says, I'm with you. I believe when we understand that God is always with us, we already won. We get ourselves into more trouble most of the time, most of the time, and we need the Lord to bail us out. All the time. If the Lord did not bail us out every time, I tell you, I don't know where I am. I have, I have made successes. I have also had some failures. And I can tell you, it's not nice to have people knocking on your door in the night and giving you a demand letter. I'm a businessman, come on. I've seen that, I've been, I've been through that. It's tough, it's hard. But we continue trusting the Lord. Even in times of calamity, trust in the Lord. When you have this sort of a ideology of understanding how to trust in the Lord that you don't see, but in everything that you do, you trust in Him. I tell you, you're already a winner. Believe me, you are already a winner. Because the Lord in you is greater than any power in this world. Believe me, it's greater than any power on this earth. So here I was in Mexico, you know, we, we try to be frugal. So I, I, even not knowing the language, I took a... Pesero. A pesero is a, a small minibus for maybe two pesos. I can get to the corner of the city where there is a Central de Abastos. It's a big market for vegetables, for meat, for fish. To feed the city, the government of Mexico have this Central de Abastos. It's a city within a city. That's how big it is. So I went there to buy seafood. This is my first time. I got no money to have a translator. At that time, I don't have my wife. I don't have a girlfriend yet. I'm all alone. And I went to the Central Abastos and I said, my goodness, what is this? Huge. It's amazing the resources of Mexico. God has blessed this country. The type of fish, the type of shrimp, the type of seafood, you can never believe there's so much food. <clears throat> so I was walking... I do not know where to buy, who to buy. So I use my little brain here. Say, okay, look for the freshest one. Ah. So as I was walking, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know the ikan merah hit. One ikan merah hit flew like that. My whole shirt, all blood, fish blood, fish brain. I was like, man. And everybody was like, first they were laughing, like what you all just did. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, quiet. But you know what? 
we China people, we got very sharp eyes, like eagle. So I saw one guy on the corner, his hand was like that, he came down. So I suspected he must be the guy who threw the fish to me. <clears throat> so I just look at that side, and as I take my first step towards the direction, I could hear the market supporting me. Everybody's, oh, that means I'm doing the right thing, right? So I just walk towards this young chap, and he was like shaking already, because I, I, I sort of now know that he's the one that threw the, the red snapper head at me. Guess what I did? I went there. I never complained. I just ordered all my fishes. I said, okay, I take this, I take that. Never negotiate. I said, can you, can you skin them for me? He did it, everything. And just bless him. I just blessed him. I could have shouted at him. I could have cursed him out. But I just blessed him. And he became my good friend after that. You see, that's how I make friends. You make friends first. The best friends are your enemies. If you can win your enemy over, this is not from the Bible, but this is in life, my experience in life. If you can win your enemy, brother, you got a good friend. You got a good friend. So he became my regular fish supplier, shrimp supplier. Everything that he has, he always gave me a good price. And we became friends. You know, in six months, without understanding anything on Spanish language, I baptized myself in tequila. I went into Mexican culture. I understood the Lord gave me such a, such a brain to understand the language. Within six months, I was able to speak. I was able to converse with people. I was able to buy. I was even able to translate for my father when he came down to our church to speak nine months later. I tell you, if you think that you cannot, you better stand close to a God that can. Because our God don't have cannot. Even the word impossible is spelled in His name. I am possible. There is no word such as impossible in, in, the, ling, in the language. I nearly speak in Spanish, in the lengua. In the language of heaven. But I must say, heaven's worship is in Spanish. Spanish, because the Spanish really know how to worship the Lord. That's something that I really enjoyed. Uh, Spanish churches, Mexican churches, when you go in and you see thousands and thousands of people just praising the Lord, it's really amazing. So I was, God, I was there in the Lord and I just served the Lord. I just do my own restaurant, do my own business, started a church with just another pastor. We started a church out of the garage. And the first seven people that came to our service, besides the family of the pastor, at that time, Elizabeth and myself, we were not married yet, but we were already dating. God told me that she was going to be my wife, and we already made a commitment to serve together. And <clears throat> I can tell you today, the backbone of my ministry preaching in and around Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, basically falls on the backbone of all the testimonies that we experience. How faithful God has been every step of the way. We never hungered. We never thirst. 
You know, so many testimonies, but I'm going to share with you some. But always remember, today's message is to the person who pleases God. If you please God, and how do you please God? By faith. Only by faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you start to please God, how? By trusting in Him. By having the faith to believe in Him, I tell you, your world is going to change. This is one guarantee I will tell you because I walked through it. My world is not ceasing yet. I'm still continuing to see greater and greater miracles. But I can tell you, if you want to do great things, you want to see great things being fulfilled in your life, you start to trust Him. Trusting Him means nobody wants to go. He says, stay and go, you go. You don't run. He says, everybody's running. He says, stay, you stay. That is trusting Him. Sometimes we don't understand. Lord, is it you? Is it you? When He speaks to us, in, even in an audible voice, we ignore Him because we don't recognize His voice. But when we start to recognize the voice of God in our spirit, oh, brother, I tell you, you become the top guys, the top people. You may not be the richest, but you are the top. Why? Because you got good sleep, you got good health, you got vitality, you got great positions, and you got a great family, and you are always joyful. This is all your strengths. These are all the attributes that God has. So we started to serve a church. <clears throat> the first seven people in our church, I tell you what, gun runners, drug dealers, bad people. But we serve. We never ask God, God, why you send us this type of people? We just say, Lord, we serve you. Whoever you send through that door, we will accept them. Even our announcement, we have to tell them, please leave your guns at home. That's how serious we are. Because they will bring their guns, semi-automatic guns, to church. So we tell them, why can't you leave your guns at home? He says, Pastor, how? I walk along the street corner, the other gang sees me, they shoot at me, what am I going to do? I have to defend, I have to leave. These are people who deal in drugs, who deal in selling guns. Big time, bad, bad people. But God transformed all of them. One by one, God trans we could see the transformation of the Lord over their life. <clears throat> Last month, I was sharing with the youth people how, during one of the services, how amazing that is the, the power of the Lord. I was preaching one Sunday, and outside the church, because we are just in a small little house, and just outside the church, I heard gunshots. Boom, boom. And I said, whoa, Lord, Close the door. Angel, close the door. Guess what? The door opened. Somebody came in, shouted, Sister, your son is shooting people in the market. So the sister, one of our sisters ran out. And you guess what the pastor should do? Okay, God bless you, sister. God bless you. No, you got to go. So we went, me and my wife, we chased after her. When we caught up with her, she was already near her son. Her son was actually totally zonked because he was high on drugs. But he had a 45 in his hand. And the sister grabbed the son, she fell. As she fell, the son unloaded five bullets into her. Just like that. And I saw the casing fly out of the pistol. And I said, no! 
in this sort of situation, I tell you, you not any pastor I hope that they can ever experience. I pray that they never experience. But right before my, my eyes, these two members of my church, son and mother, son murdered the mother in front of our eyes. Five bullets. Guess what? When we subdued the boy, she stood up, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Give glory to God. I believe he shot at her, but the hand of Jesus was right in front. And he took all the bullets. There are five casings on the floor, but no bullets. This is the power of God. Unbelievable, isn't it? If I never understood who my God was, and I never trusted Him, you think I would witness such a miracle? Never. Never. I would say, no, Lord, Mexico is not for me. That's not your calling. I have to go back to Singapore. But I did the opposite. I trusted in Him. When you start to trust in the Lord, you're going to look like a fool sometimes. But you know what? You're going to be a smart fool. At the end of the day, people are going to see you, wow. You know, last, about two weeks ago, I was uh, attending an investor Investor Day meeting for a Russian oil company. And we were at the Four Seasons. And me and my partner, we just, you know, very nice breakfast, very nice lunch. They serve. So I saw a good friend of mine for 20 years already. He's the ex-ambassador of Mexico, Eduardo Ramos. So he walked by and said, Don Eduardo. He turned around, hey, Felipe. And we started to, because I knew him when he was the ambassador, uh, back then, 20 years ago. First thing he says, Philip, what are you eating? You never change at all. 20 years, you're still the same. You see, when the world looks at us, they don't see age. They only see the glory of God. You understand? When you are serving the Most High God, forget it, lah. put out your melaleuca, your, all your vitamins, no need to take vitamins. God is the super vitamin. You believe in God, He is your everything. He is your everything. If you know how to grab hold of Him, He is your everything. He is your saviour as well. In every issue that you may have caused yourself to fall into, He will be the one who put down the rope to pull you out of the hole. That is Jesus. You know that Jesus, He left the 99 ships to go for one lost ship. That is the Lord that never changes. If you believe and you trust in Him, my goodness, He's going to rock your world. He has rocked my world. You know, I, I, I don't deserve all that I have. I got two wonderful sons, very obedient boys. I got a daughter now in the U.S. studying. And I can tell you, I, I look at my past and I say, Lord, I'm the last one to deserve all these good things. Even today, if I don't have all my businesses... I just have my wife and my children. I'm still the wealthiest man on earth. I, I, I tell you, no joke, I'm still the wealthiest man on earth because I have my children with me. But God says, no, God is going to bless me. If you want to see blessing that you've never seen before, start to trust in Him. Start to trust in Him. You know the word trust, T-R-U-S-T, trust. I formed this, and this I don't need to quote somebody. 
this saying is by me. T, if, you, if the T in the word trust represents tangibility, tangible. Because trust, you need to show tangibility, right? I go home, I don't hide my phone from my wife. And I travel every week to Vietnam, sometimes to Jakarta, sometimes to Malaysia. I travel every week because of my business. Sometimes I travel far to the US, to London. Sometimes I travel near. Most of the time, I travel to Vietnam. I'm one guy can leave my phone on the table. My wife knows my code. And she can see my phone anytime. I have nothing to hide. Because I understand what is trust. To trust your wife or your spouse, you need to be open. No secret. Especially the phone is very private nowadays. Share your phone. Don't worry. You've got nothing to hide. When you start to trust, because I know my wife, I know that the strongest thing that will hold our marriage together is trust. If she don't trust me, I tell you, I will have hell. Every trip I go somewhere, she will say, so who is it going with you? So uh, how many days are you going? So where will you be staying? Uh, dinner with who? Uh, breakfast with who? I tell you, jialat, man. Where got, where got my, my, my wife every day hunting me down? My wife, you look at her, she don't care. She just trusts me. At the same time, I also trust myself to the Lord. I also be vulnerable to God, my Father, my Abba Father. And I don't get myself into situations where people can misinterpret. You have to walk wisely as well. So while you trust the Lord, you also walk wisely. So that's why I, I don't have worry. I travel anywhere. My wife will pack my luggage for me. She says, how many nights? Two nights she will pack. How many nights? Overnight. She knows what I want, what needs, what I need for the trip. So the relationship is trust. If T stands for tangible results, because without tangible results, you cannot build trust. Trust is only built when you have tangible. So you put your money in the bank. The bank tells you you're going to get 0.35% a year. At the end of the year, you look at your bank record, it will be 0.35, not a single cent more, not a single cent less. So as you build your trust in the bank, they returns your return, you start to build more money into the bank. That's how people build trust. So if you remove the tangible, the T, what have you got in the word trust? You got rust. R-U-S-T. We all know that rust will not hold up any building. It will crumble. Therefore, if you want to trust the Lord, you must be prepared. Be prepared that He is going to use you. He is going to put you in situations where you have never been before. Your decisions that you have never made before, but you trust Him. You do it, and He will honor you. Today, I go anywhere, anywhere. I'm not fearful. I trust in the Lord. Some people say, wow, aeroplane, Boeing 737, Model 8 and 9, dangerous. If I have to fly that plane, I'll fly that plane. Can you trust the Lord enough to sit in the plane and sleep and not worry, 
Some, sometimes it's as basic as this. People get on a plane, they are fidgeting. My, one of my lawyers with my other companies, he asked me, he says, man, I envy you, no? you all can fly there. I cannot, no. I get cold sweat. I scared that the plane will crash. I scared that I never come back. There are people today that have such fear. They don't even want to fly. So he robbed the family of all the joy of traveling to Phuket, traveling to nice places to visit because he doesn't like to fly. He's scared. There are people who are more basically immobilized by fear because you're so scared. Learn to trust the Lord. I get into the plane, I find my seat. If I have an owl seat, I will not buckle up until everybody is seated inside. I will buckle up. The minute I buckle up, I don't care who is talking. You count the three, I'm sleeping already. That's me with my mouth like I'm sleeping already. I don't care. I know that wherever I am, God is with me. You know, it's so beautiful to have that understanding. Do you know that it's so beautiful to have that knowledge? That knowledge that nothing can happen to you. I tell you, some of these people here got millions of dollars. They are thinking, how much can I pay to get that? You can pay nothing except you trust in the Lord. When you learn to trust in the Lord, your world becomes different. Because you please God. Why? Because to trust in the Lord means you have to have faith. Because that's the only way you can please God. So this scripture that was just flashed to you. To the man or woman who pleases God, what he will get? He will get wisdom. He will get everything. Why? Because the guy who displeases God is working and saving all the money for you. He's saving all the money because the Bible says it will be passed to you. To the man or woman who pleases God. So pleasing God means what? You must have faith. That's the only key. If you start to learn how to trust and believe and walk in faith, I tell you, man, you will see things you have never seen before. One day we were traveling in North Mexico. And I had to go to a, <clears throat> an industrial city called Monterey. And this city is a city where all the most of the big businesses of the maquiladoras, the factories and all this are located in the north of Mexico. So because I was there and the city is probably quite close to another city that I have some friends there, so I told my wife, I said, let's go down and, and do some ministry rather than stay here in a nice hotel. I remember that day, uh, my wife and another missionary, while I was in meeting, it was their first time that they, they entered a jacuzzi, <clears throat> a warm jacuzzi. You know how many hours they stay in the jacuzzi? Like three hours. After that, their skin and all like, was cooked. So we had a very good laugh because they, they were ignorant. They did not understand what was soaking in the jacuzzi. So and in that trip, in the bus trip to the city of Torreon, I was praying. I said, Lord, like today, I don't want to give another three-point message. I want to preach on Jesus. I want Jesus to show up. Because these people need Jesus. They don't need to hear from a Chinaman. They need to see Jesus in me. They need to understand, Lord, you need to use me. You need to speak through me. 
we're going to minister to these people. So we went to this church, and I was given the, the opportunity to share on a Saturday and a Sunday. And on that Saturday, we had an afternoon meeting. And it was a relatively big church. They had a thousand-seater. There was about like seven, eight hundred people. And I was preaching. In that bus trip, I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say? And the word that just came to my spirit was rain. 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 So I was looking into my Bible, looking for letter rain, former rain, all the verses. So I just preached about rain. So on that Saturday, I was praying, I was preaching, rain, you know, if you believe the Lord, you just pray, even you can ask for rain, it will come. But every time I say that, I look on the, my right, I saw the pastor, Benjamin, he was like slouching and he was in pain. I was like, what's wrong with Benjamin? You know, when you are preaching, you are seeing everybody. But the senior pastor is like telling me, oh no, don't say that again. You know, it was like that. So I was you know, you can ask for even rain. And at the end of the service, ask for prayer and we prayed for the people. So I walked to the pastor. I say, Benjamin, ¿qué pasó? <clears throat> he says, brother, this city is going through the worst drought in seven years. We'll never even see a drop of rain. Not even a drop of rain. The reservoir has already dried up. All my members are in the agricultural business. All of them are bankrupt. They already mortgaged their home, don't know how many times. Because the ground is all dry. And when he spoke to me that, I say, oh my God. I was taken aback. I was fearful because I listened to a man without faith. So I tell you one reason. When you have people who make you fearful, who has no faith to believe, do what I will do. Separate yourself from them. Don't listen to them. You have your own trust and your own faith. Don't go and listen to somebody who has no faith because the only thing that you will reap is fear. So I said, man. And tomorrow I have another message. Two services. As I was walking out of the church, one lady Mexican, typical Mexican senora. She came and pulled my hand. Pastor, pastor. I say, yes, yes, que paso? She says, uh, please, please come and to my house we'll have, to have pozole. Pozole is a bean, it's a corn soup. Very, very simple, very, the, the poor people's basic soup. So I said, yeah, sure, sure. So I told Pastor Benjamin, I said, Ben, this lady invited us to Pozole tonight. And, she, and Benjamin said, no, 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 no. I said, hey, ¿qué pasó? Why? Why are you like that? I already promised her. He says, no, no, no. I said, but I promised her already. So let's go. So that was for tonight. I went back with my wife. They put us in a house. It was a house of a bakery. They have a bakery in the back with the oven. Talk about fresh bread, right? Wow, that afternoon we had coffee and we have the concha. Concha is a, it's like a very soft bread with the crust of chocolate. I think you have some here nowadays. And it was so good. When it's fresh out of the oven, my goodness, it just breaks open just like that. 
So we were enjoying our concha, me and my wife. And all of a sudden, guess what? I smell rain. You know, when the ground is so dry, and when the water hits, there is a special smell. We know. Indonesia, we know. I mean, in Singapore as well. When it's so dry and the rain hits the asphalt, there is a special smell. I smell the smell. And I told my wife, Honey, it's raining. So we ran up to the house rooftop. And lo and behold, seven years, not a single drop of rain. Huh? I stood there and I saw in the distance, the rest of the sky was bright and sunny like no clouds. But in the distance, I saw a cloud, a small cloud far away. Under the cloud, big dust. That means it's a big storm. I say, Lord, thank you. You know, when you're preaching about rain and you're telling people to pray, believe for rain, my goodness, not even three hours later, the Lord sent rain. And guess what? That day, my wife and me, we had our Moses experience. What did Moses do? Moses spoke to the elements. Moses commanded. And the elements, the sea broke open. That afternoon, me and my wife stood on the roof. And the wind was blowing in our faces. And that little cloud came closer, 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 and over us, and we were drenched. She and me were drenched. While the sun was still bright, only that cloud, one cloud, was pouring so much rain. And it came over us. The wind was blowing so strong. And you know, something crazy in me just happened. I just somehow knew that the reservoir was where the rain was, where the cloud started. You know what I did? You call me crazy. I turned to the wind and I say, Cloud, go back! I did that because I felt that there was where the reservoir was. I told the cloud, Cloud, go back in the name of Jesus. You know what? It's like all this while the wind is blowing, it's like somebody put a fan facing you. All of a sudden, stop. And the wind came back this way. Huh? The Lord actually moved the cloud back. Now it came back over us. We are wet again. And it went over there. I tell you what. Both of us say whatever you like. That was our Moses experience. God is so faithful. If you dare to test Him, God always says, try me. If I will not open a window in my heaven and pour you a blessing, that the, your home will not have enough room to hold my blessing. He's talking about physical blessing. Everything about wealth, everything about health, everything about greatness can come to you if you try Him. But do you dare to try Him? That is the key. Do you have the faith to try Him? That is the key. If you dare to try Him, I can guarantee you, he will honor you. He will never fail you. He will honor you. And so that, that day, I'll tell you about the, the, the night dinner later, but I will tell you the next day, i tell you what. The first papers in the El Siglo was the Straits Times of that city. El Siglo, the century in Spanish. It says, flooded city. Can you imagine? The small little cloud was raining all night long. 
and it flooded the whole city. Now, if you were a farmer sitting in that service on Saturday, and this crazy Chinese guy comes and tells you, pray for rain. Even you pray for rain, it will come. And you know that seven years already, there's not even a single drop. And now he just challenged me to pray. And I prayed. And all of a sudden, flooding. What are you going to do? I tell you, we had revival. The next day, the church was so packed, you don't even have space to walk. And when I walked in, they said, well, the rainmaker is here. I'm not the rainmaker. I'm just a man who challenged people to believe that whatever your need may be, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. When God gives you something, it's not one level. You give God a dollar, you're not going to get back a dollar. Believe me. You're going to get back a whole lot more. Above and beyond all. So we had a revival that day. I tell you, I remember there were definitely more than a thousand people. It was only standing room. We had a revival. Even when I asked for altar call, I tell you, nearly all the hands went up. When I asked for healing, nearly all the hands went up. We, we got no chance to go and minister one on all. We just pray. People get slain. Demons at the corner. The one lady was demon-possessed. I just command the demon, get out. And she was well. That's the type of power. Look, if God had sent you the rain that you asked for, what, what can He not do? The demons will flee. So now let me close with one last testimony. The little lady that called me for dinner, we went to her house that night. After it was still raining, the pastor came for me. We went to her home, and along the way, the pastor was telling me, I say, why are you so scared of her? I see fear in you. When she invites us for just posole, why are you so scared? He says, brother, her husband is one of the biggest murderers in town. Huh? Oh, what is he doing? He's a coyote. What is a coyote? A coyote is the people who smuggle all the Mexicans across the border to America. And they will rape the girls. They will kill the people. They will leave them in the desert and die. As long as they get their money, they don't care. And this guy is the biggest coyote leader in North Mexico. I say, my goodness. Here we go. So I went to the house and we were a bit cautious. Small little house. <clears throat> we went in. The lady prepared pozole. We sat down while we had pozole. Had the best pozole because the husband was not in. <laughs> so we were like, oh, quickly. <coughs> you know, in Hokkien, eat and run away. So just before we finished, like about 10 something, the husband came back. And he came back with three friends. And the reception that he gave me was like that. You know that little table right here? He walked to the table and we were sitting there. He put his leg on the table and he kicked the table. He said, Saute. Oh, such a friendly guy. Saute means get the out of here in Spanish. So, of course, what to do? Tail between our legs, like that going out. So we left. 
I mean, he's the owner of the house. He asked you to get out. You get out. Because I could see his waist got two, three guns. So we went out. So the pastor said, I told you, I told you. So we walk out. As we walk out, almost to the car. Sorry lah. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Get back there. <gasps> I say, Benjamin, the Lord just said we got to go back. He said, no, no, no. That's not, that's not the Lord. Let's go, let's go. I say, the Lord just said to go back there. I have to go back there. If you want, you go. I go myself. So we went back. Benjamin is a really Mexican brother. Never leave me alone. So the lady saw us come back. She was so happy. But they were already inside drinking with all the Norteño song, the Tigres de Norte, with all the you know, Mexican song, very loud. So she took out two chairs. We sat outside the house, drizzling. We sat outside with our little umbrella, and she made coffee for us. We just waited. So 30, 11.30, 12.30, 1.30, the three friends left. So I say, it's our show time. So we went in, this guy is there. Now, let me tell you, this guy is like from the movie. His face is big. His neck is big. He's a big guy. He's not fat, but he's big. He's got tattoos. His hair is until here. He's like the typical red Indian. And his name is Chato. Chato. And he sat there. Very loose. He's, you can see his 9mm guns right there sticking out. So I tell you what, I started to speak with him. At one something in the morning, I talked to him. I said, Chato, you know, I didn't come to your house for Poselle. I can't remember really what I said, but I just, just testified to him. I just blessed him. I said, God sent me here for a reason. Because he loves you. I start to minister to him. At 3 a.m., brothers and sisters, this same killer, tears in his eyes, he received Jesus as his personal Savior. <laughs> Hallelujah! That is the greatest joy you will ever experience in your life. The greatest joy, believe me, is not making one million bucks. Some of you think that, oh, we make one million, ten million, we're happy. Believe me. Money comes with a cost. You will lose something when you get something. But with God, you will get everything if you dare to invest something. That is the difference. This man supposed to go to hell. God sent me in a little bus. When I was staying in a nice hotel, God said, go to Torion. I never planned that. There's a time for everything the Bible says. It was his time. And according to the plan of God, actually, I think I go there to bring the rain. I'm so wrong. Actually, I think that Lizzie and me were there to go and be, go and experience the Moses experience. We are so wrong. God sent me for him. A man who's going to hell. A murderer. God sent me for him. He is the same God that you have. Be different. Today onwards, you start to be different. You start to walk in faith. 
trust him. He will honor you. Thank you, Lord. All glory be to him. Let's pray. I came in today with a heavy heart. I know God didn't tell Pastor Arun to invite me here today to share with you just what Philip Ong has experienced. I'm here today because you need him. You needed to hear what this God that you know, this God that you serve, what he will do for you. And what he can do for you. He is able. to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Stop looking at your problems. Now is the time to look for the solution. He's here. He can help you. I guarantee it. He will help you. trust Him. Our brain can only think of so many solutions and most of the time everyone will fall on dead end. Today, your dead end solutions, God is going to take and give you an open end, an opening. I don't know what you are going through, but I know you are going through something. Everything under the sun God is in control. I don't want to leave here today without telling you God is going to do this for you if you trust Him. If you trust Him. If you trust Him enough to just tell Him, Lord, I can't. I can't take this anymore. I'm controlled by vices, gambling, women, drugs, whatever. The vice of wanting to make more and more. I'm losing my life. Lord, I got no more control. Today is the day. Today is the day you say, Lord, come. Come and take control of my life. I yield to you. I look to you, Father. You are able to restore me. You are able to give me. Lord, I need the joy. I need the power. I need to know who I serve. I need to know you. When you start to walk your life with God like that, knowing Him every step of the way, my goodness, life becomes exciting. Life becomes powerful because you are in control with Him. You take back the control in your life. You stop the spiral before you crash. God is able. People, trust Him. Learn to trust Him. 
learning to trust Him is as easy as just saying, Lord, I can't do it. Please help me. You can do it. And believe that He will do it. And start believing. Start seeing your life differently. I tell you, it's a glorious day for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you for your people, your children. Lord, they are all going through challenges. I can sense it. I thank you for Indonesia. And by the way, this election, the Lord says there will be peace. There will be peace. There will not be strife. It will be a peaceful election. That's what the Lord told me. So don't worry. Some businesses are just waiting for the election to be over so that you can start. Don't worry. Don't change. Some of you are thinking of contingency plan already. Believe me, don't change. God is going to align you, your business, your resources. This election is going to be a blessing for Indonesia. If you dare to believe, God will deliver. God will deliver. Indonesia is His. The government is His. Like it or not, we are all His. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to bless every single life that is here under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that many of them will start to take control of their lives. Many of them will start to learn to trust in you. Many of them will start to walk with you, consciously with you, in the name of Jesus. And you are going to just brighten up their situation in every aspect, every area of family relationships. Every lost child, every lost relationship will all come back. It will be a jubilee year, a year of letter rain. For them, 2019, I proclaim a letter rain. Receive it in Jesus' name. Every area of your life, ministry, business, home front, finances, health, receive it in the name of Jesus. Last year, I just sense the Lord want me to share this. <clears throat> Last year in February, the worst nightmare any man can ever face happened to me. I suffered a stroke in February of 2018. You are the first people that I'm sharing. Half of my body was useless. I couldn't even put on my pants or my shirt. I can't even button. My hands was like this. I ran away from my family. I never allowed my family to see the condition that I was in. So I ran away. I ran to Malaysia to hide. I went to see one of my partners, my doctors in Penang. I have a clinic in Penang. And they did the MRI. They did all the tests and they confirmed I had a stroke. It affected half my body. I was walking like that.
I tell you, I pray you never, you never experience this. It's so terrible. Everything goes through my mind. God, how, how, how can I? I got six, seven companies. I got my partners, my shareholders. When they see me like that, what is going to happen? They're all going to pull out. They're going to run away. They say that this guy is useless already. I was thinking of all the things that is bad and I was suffering a stroke. Dr. Billy Chung, my, my physician, wanted to ward me in his hospital. I said, no, brother. No, brother. I need time alone. And I was even half-stricken. I drove my car from Amanjaya Hospital back to Penang. He says, you're crazy, Philip. Don't do that. I drove. I drove back to Penang. I checked myself in at Four Seasons Hotel. And I said, Lord, I get into my room. I'm not going to come out. If I'm not healed, I'm going to die in my room. I'm not going to come out of this room. If you don't answer me, that's it. You know, brother, it's such a hard decision. When you are in the medical business, I'm in the medical business, I understand what is a stroke. Very clearly, I know I'm going to lose control of my whole body. And I know there is no turning back when you have a stroke. Hello. Which doctor tell you that there's turning back? There's no turning back. I close the door. I say, Lord, I'm not going to order any food. I'm just going to trust in you. I just want to pray. I'm just going to trust in you. I have no other option. No more option. Just you. I knelt down and I prayed and I prayed. I never contacted my family. My wife trusts me. And she really does. After one day, pray until I sleep, wake up, pray again. Pray until I sleep, wake up, pray again. Walk, limping, getting worse and worse. I said, Lord, I am not going to leave this room. If I have to die here, I will die here. But I cannot let my family see me like that. After two days, the Lord healed me. Hallelujah. Amen. You are looking at a stroke victim. I can do everything. God heals me in two days. If you don't believe, too bad. But if you believe, the, the dead will rise. No stroke can pull you down. No sickness can draw you down. Believe me. Brothers and sisters, there is the power of the living God that you serve today. He is your Abba Father. Now I go so strong. I go everywhere. I know the devil cannot kill me. Yes. I know he cannot kill me. He tried to give me a stroke. Look at where I am today. I'm even stronger. My mind is sharper. Believe. Only believe. Only believe. Trust in Him. Can we sing the song, Thank You, Jesus? Thank, uh, uh, thank 
Yes. Let's. I know we are late. Just take a few more minutes. God is here. He's going to bless you. You're going to be blessed because your life is going to be changed. I guarantee it. You dare to trust in Him. He will honor you. He will bless you. Don't care where you are. Let's close our eyes. If you want to stand, you stand. Let's sing this song. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah.